Welcome, sports fans, to On The Mark Sports Talk with your host, Mark, with a C. Welcome, everybody, and I just want to tell you all, this is our 189th show, and everyone says I must say this, in 189 consecutive weeks. Kanahara. What did uh, Mr. T say? Can you dig it? Was that him? No, that was somebody else. That was a wrestler. Who said that? Jim Wrestler said that. Booker T. Washington. Can you do good soccer? <laughs> anyway, uh, hope you enjoyed that theme. And uh, I hope everyone had a fabulous Hanukkah. Or some of you say Hanukkah. Uh, with, the, with the eighth and final night tonight, as a matter of fact, watch your clocks because at 428, officially, the sun goes down. You could start that eighth candle. Um, we could take it all. Take a take a break. Oh, light okay. candles if you want to. <laughs> Four twenty eight is the time it starts. All right. Hope you uh, had a great holiday and uh, it continues right along uh, with the Christmas season coming. You could get into the Christmas spirit too and uh, give all your tips out. You guys give a lot of tips during the holiday no. season. Yeah. Sure. You said yeah. no. What are you, Scrooge? <laughs> no, uh, who, 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 do I, who do I give it to? It. How about the? Uh, do you give the uh, news the person that brings you the post? I I never see him, and he hasn't sent he hasn't sent an envelope with the with, with the things yet. I did that. He, he throws the he throws the paper. I never see him. My he, guy puts a, my guy puts an envelope in the paper. Right here. Right here. This, this guy doesn't. He doesn't yeah. put any envelopes in. I don't know. I don't. Know. He will. He will. Because this is the time they do it. Probably. I know. I'm waiting. If you get it. Sunday's paper, it may be in Sunday's paper. I'll you know, this is the week that I uh, I I did all my tips. I gave to the mailman. Right. I gave. Uh, I have. I don't. I have the news person. I have the the Newsday person. I, I don't have, get the mailman. We get our mail seven o'clock at night. Oh my god! I give the mailman. I gave but, UPS. But I give the, the UPS driver. It's against the law to give the mailman. The federal employees aren't. I went to, to my gas station. The guy who takes me first all the time. I gave him a gratuity too. Really? I gave the maintenance man who, who, who yeah, works really hard in my development here. Uh, I gave him a gratuity Times the liberal probably gets something. How about this one? I go to I still go into banks. A lot of you know don't go into banks anymore. It's old fashioned, but I'm old fashioned. <laughs> and I still go into banks, citizens. Citizens yeah, to, in my bank. And I go into three different branches regularly. They know me. Right? They come in, they say, Hi Mark, not Mr. Gold. Hi Mark. And uh, I because you're the I only one the, going there, that's why they say hello. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, I brought the I brought, <laughs> I brought the branch cookies, and when I bring it to the teller, she made an announcement today. She says, "Hey, look what Mark brought! She brought cookies. Thank you, Mark. Happy holidays." Probably the only which, one in there. Which bank, Mark? Which bank? Citizens. All right. Twenty dollar credit. <laughs> Anyway, let, let's get to the sports. Uh, Gerald, free, ticket, free tickets to a Phillies game they give them. <laughs> right. well, listen, I, I, I felt right. happy that I gave these gratuities out. I got them all done with, and uh, they'll remember. Gerald, your sports personality of the week. What is it? Is Bob Gibson? Pat Robert Gibson or Bob Gibson. By the way, you're sponsored by a rock. <laughs> Take it away. 
Today, my report is going to be on Pac Robert Gibson or Bob Gibson. He was named there for his father. Some baseball highlights. He was at all star nine times, World Series champion twice, National League Cy Young Award twice, and 1968 MLB leader and national strikeout leader. He was an excellent basketball player. And he was very peeved in not having an opportunity to go to Indiana State to play basketball. And the real reason why he was not, he did not get a basketball scholarship is that Indiana State met their, their quota for black players. And because of that, and because of the other discriminations he faced in his life, he took it out on the ball field. And as you all know, he was one of the fiercest competitors ever. No one could, could have been a, 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 a more fierce competitor. He was also, at one point, a member of the Harlem Globetrotters and the St. Louis Cardinals. In 1968, the year that they lowered the mound by five inches because of his outstanding pitching as well as Denny McLean's pitching, et cetera, and they wanted more offense. His ERA was 1.12, which is the fourth lowest in history. However, in that year, he lost nine games. And I heard him on some interviews being questioned, how could you lose nine games if your ERA was 1.12? And he explained, because I was always matched up against Marischal and Koufax and Drysdale and other top pitchers. And he asked his manager, Red Chambings, who he respected greatly, why do I have to match up against the, the best pitcher? And Red would say, well, that's because if you win that game, we might win the series. And Gibson said, but if I lose that game, we might lose the series. So he said, yeah, that's a good point. But <laughs> many, I, th I think that philosophy holds uh, uh, to today. Top pitchers are often matched up against top pitchers on the on the opposition. Uh, he holds the World Series records for winning seven consecutive games. He pitched eight straight complete games, struck out 17 in a game, and 35 in a World Series. Those records hold today. His World Series record included going seven and two. He pitched 81 innings, nine decisions, 81 innings with a 1.89 ERA. Unlike some of the great pitchers of today, like Kershaw, who are great during the season, but not so much in the postseason. Uh, twice he won the seventh game of the World Series. He had nine 200 strikeout seasons. I submit to you that's outstanding. Here, here are a couple of uh, little stories about him that I, that I thought are kind of interesting. You may be aware of them. The Tim McCarver story where Tim McCarver came out to the mound one day and uh, he wanted to settle down Bob Gibson. And Bob looked up and said, what are you doing here? The only thing you know about pitching is it's hard to hit. Now go back and catch. 
<laughs> and does everybody, is everyone familiar with the Bob Gibson rule? Anyone? All right, let me explain that to you. Wait, don't Bob dig Gibson. again. I'm sorry? Don't, don't dig again. In the batter's box. Yeah, well, let me, let me explain it in more detail. Bob Gibson had a rule. <laughs> the inside half of the plate is the batter's. The outside half of the plate was, was his part of the plate. If you broke the rule, you were going to have a problem. <laughs> yeah, right. Now, he was, he was uh, best of friends with Bill White. They were on the Cardinals from 1959 to 1965. 1966, he was traded to the Phillies. Bill White, you may recall, crowded the plate all the time. First time up, Bill White hits an outside the pitch over the outside corner to right field for a single. Second time up, he throws a pitch, Bob Gibson, maybe five, six inches off the plate, outside corner, and White hits it over the first base dugout. Next time up, Bill White gets hit in the elbow by Bob Gibson's pitch. Bill goes to first base calling, calling Gibson all kinds of names, and they laughed about it. That night, they went out to dinner together, and Bill White said, you're crazy. And he said, you don't remember the rule. Like, we talked about this ex uh, uh, in great detail. The outside half of the plate is mine. And he, may, and, uh, he, he emphasized that throughout his career. He always looked like he was mean and angry and upset. That was his demeanor again on the field because he was taking out his life's fr frustrations on the field. Off the field, Craig Anderson was his teammate for, for, for one season finals. And Craig said to people, he's the funniest guy I've ever been with. And they said, it, how many Bob Gibsons are there on the team? They were kind of amazed that... Uh, that he that he was very very funny off the field. In any event, I I didn't want to go over every stat. I could go over fifty stats with you, but I just wanted to to go over these stories to give you an idea uh, about Bob Gibson and how fierce a competitor he was, and and a great guy too. I, I just want to add one other thing to show you how well respected he was. Uh, Warren Buffett helped him to, to start a bank in Nebraska. I don't know if you guys are aware of that. Anyway, that concludes my short, brief biography. And I wish I could have gone on for another 20 minutes, Mark, but I know I have a deadline. So, Which you went over. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> how, how much? Two minutes. So uh, a few people want to comment. This is unlimited time. Hi, Milton, you're first. Yeah, just one uh, one story that I read was Willie Mays was up and he dug in with his spikes and then looked up and saw Bob Gibson and then covered it up. He covered up everything that he dug into, looked looked up, saw him, and that was it. it yeah. All right, Fred. Yeah, so he was also an outstanding uh, hitter. He was. He batted 300 uh, one year. Michael? Three great uh, quick Bob Gibson stories. One of the last pitches he's ever thrown in his career, he was facing uh, Pete Lecoq 
who happens to be Peter Marshall's son, I think. Right. Right. Yes, right. yes. He puts Pete Lecoq, right? One of the pitches, last pitches they ever threw. Anyway, he retires years later at an old-timers game. He gets up against uh, – Pete Lecoq gets up against him, and he plucks Pete Lecoq, Lecoq in an old-timers game. That's one <laughs> thing about me, right? And the other thing, uh, in 1968, and I thought it was so damn cool. Right? Sunday after the Tigers. Right? The Sunday after the Tigers beat the Cardinals. Hey, take one a couple of things, so I know what we're going to do about that. Unless we just throw them out. Got it. Go ahead. Mute him, Mark. All right. <laughs> the, uh, the Sunday after the Tigers beat the St. Louis Cardinals, I thought the one of the coolest things I've ever seen as a baseball fan, who does Ed Sullivan introduce uh, to, to play on the organ but Denny McLean, and Denny right. McLean is playing. And who walks on stage accompanying Denny McLean on the guitar? Bob Gibson. Bob Gibson. That, you could do, that's on YouTube, by the way. Very cool. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Uh, Joe? Yeah, I just wanted to say one of the stats that was mentioned is that he <laughs> won seven straight World Series games. Yes. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Yes. I mean, that yes. consistent. Yeah. Yeah. That was in, what, two World Series or three? Three, 64, probably 64, 67, 68. Right, right. Yeah, they lost the 68 series, right? Right, they did. They did. Yeah, yeah but to win, but to win seven straight, any all complete games, I think you said? I believe they were all complete games. Un that's an amazing statistic. Yeah. Yeah, also in the 64 really World Series, he won the last game on two days rest. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, remember yeah, that. Okay. Anybody else have any Thing else to say about Bob Gibson? All right, thank you, uh, Gerald. And we'll move on to Milton. Milton, okay. song in the tune. Today, today's group, it's the first Milltown group to ever have a number one song. They did it in 61, but I'm going to play you a song now from 1962. <laughs> Not Ronnie Spector, right? That's not Ronnie Spector. It's a great yeah. group. They were good. Yep. Uh, nine, they had the first Motown song uh, was the one in 1961, Mister Postman. Oh, oh yeah. Mister Postman. And they also yeah. did Playboy, Too Many Fish in the Sea, Don't Mess with Bill. With Bill. They were yeah. A great yeah. Motown yeah. song. Yeah. So I wanted you to hear that. I hope you liked it. Who was their lead uh, singer? 
Oh, I can't remember. Not name. Martha Reeves. No, Wanda. Oh, was the Vandellas. I thought Ron, no, yeah, Ronnie Spector was the other group. Wanda something. Yeah, no, the Ronettes. The Ronettes. Ron yeah, Ronettes. but she did a, a number of different things beside the Ronettes. Yeah, yeah. they were a good group. They had yeah, a lot yeah, of good yeah. kids. Okay, thank you for that. Nineteen sixty-two. Who? Right. In mid nineteen sixty-five, Wanda Rogers took over as lead vocalist. Wanda. Hey. Wanda. Sixty-five. Yeah. 65. I was close. Right, 65. It said 65. Yeah. yeah right. so I was, I was and, um, we got to find that before. Wanda took no, the Who was before? Yeah. Took over somebody else. Oh. Who did before? It was 1962. Because it right, said 62. Who did before 65? Yeah. I had singer. Mike, go. Yeah, I just want to say, uh, Milton, when you're really playing a, a song that looks popular and sounds great, I wish you would hold up the lyrics so we could all sing along, like last week. <laughs> well, I wanted to get to the, the song. <clears throat> you know? It was about a woman who was infatuated with this guy and gave her the number, Beachwood 45789. She wanted to give her phone number. I wonder how many people dialed that number. Yeah, yeah. It came out, you know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Who are Joe? Joe? Yeah, I just want to say one of the one of the great songs they did. I don't think it was the number one song. Was "The Hunter Gets Captured by the Game"? What great lyric by Smokey Robinson! Uh, Wonderful lyric. Yeah. Don't yeah. mess with Bill. It. Was done. Was redone. It'll be good for the podcast. It'll sound good. You got the name, Michael? I, I know. Wanda something. I had it. It was. I just got rid of it. All right. Wanda. Uh, no. Uh, um, Georgia. I had it, and then I. I deleted uh, Georgia, Pe Georgia Peach. <laughs> all right, let's move on. All right, let's move on. We got a lot to talk about. First of all, this week, for some reason, some weeks I have no beep beeps. I found one, two, three, four, six beep beeps. I'll go briefly on these beep beeps. But the, all these names are very unique. And uh, I don't think there are anyone else other than their family who have the same last name. I, uh, John... Court right, court like go to court and and, and sue somebody and right R I G H E John Courtright. Anyone know who he was? Was or is? Uh, he could be dead for all I know. He was a <laughs> he was a former major league pitcher for the Reds. Um, oh, he's fifty three years old now. Very still alive. Uh, he was a lefty and he pitched till nineteen ninety five. I didn't even know that. Uh, but Courtright, I never saw that name. Not Courtright, but Courtright. Move on. Scott Klingenbeck. Klingenbeck. Nice name. You know, if he was uh, very famous, he probably would shorten it. Former pitcher for four seasons with the Orioles, the Twins, the Twins and the Reds. He played from 94 to 98. I'm sure maybe he was like the last pitcher for a team and we never saw him. Easton Stick. Quarterback Easton of the Chargers. Stick. Taking over for Justin Herbert. That's his name. Easton? Stick. Stick? Like a stick. Yeah. <laughs> Is that unusual? I've never heard anyone named Stick before. See, see if he can stick with the team. That's right. Yeah, right. <laughs> Jake Vanderputin. Jake <laughs> Vanderputin. Port Washington high school basketball player. <laughs> <laughs> As the team is vying for its first title since 1947. But Jake Putin, the Vanderpoot. Is he related to Vladimir? 
No, this is mm -hmm. Banda together. Yeah. T T E M. Darling Stone Duba. Ooh. Darling Stone. That's his first Great name. name. Duba. Duba is He's a Hofstra basketball Dubar. player right now. He had his picture in one of the papers yesterday. <laughs> and here's the last one. Morgan Geeky. <laughs> I oh, I saw this guy yesterday. He plays for the Bruins. You got him. You I got was him. watching the Bruins Devil game. There you go. Cool. Unusual. I couldn't. I couldn't eliminate one of them. I had to tell you all. All right. <laughs> Today's December fourteenth. This day in sports, a lot happened. Nineteen oh one. The first table tennis tournament is held in the London Royal Aquarium. <laughs> and they wrote it down. <laughs> table table tennis ping pong tournament. First one. In 1920, boxer Jack Dempsey knocks out Bill Brennan in the 12th round, retaining his heavyweight title in New York City. It seemed a lot of, lot of boxing bouts in the early days were held in Madison Square Garden. As yes. a, yeah. uh, in 1930, the New York Giants football team beat Notre Dame 22 wow. to nothing in a charity game. I would have bought tickets for that one. <laughs> Never knew the Giants played the uh, Notre Dame. Notre Dame. And I guess those days, Notre Dame was good. Great. All right. In 1933, Howie Morenz becomes the National Hockey League all-time goal scorer in 1933 with the Montreal Canadiens. Mm. He scores his 247th goal and moved ahead in first place uh, over Cy Denony. Okay. In 1938, Major League Baseball agrees to use a standard ball. A standard ball. I guess maybe in those days, maybe nationally played with one ball, American League played with a different ball. Well, they decide to use one ball. Uh, but also on this date, besides agreeing to use one ball, completely opposite or some, something different, he disagrees with the owners. The owners wanted to go to 25 players per team, and he said, no, they should be 23. But finally, he threw in the more coaxing. Later on, he went, they went to 25, of course. Uh, let's see here. I'm skipping around here. In 1947, the Cleveland Browns beat the New York Yankees. This is the football New York Yankees. 14-3 in an AAFC championship game. There was a league, I guess, called the AAFC. I think some of those teams merged with the NFL. And it's the second year in a row the same teams played the championship game. And the, the Browns also uh, won both games. You guys hear me? Mm -hmm. yeah. Yes. Hear some vibrations in the background. Oh yeah, yes. Yeah. Somebody else's actions. Sounds like that. someone's underwater or the yeah. goggling. The yeah, goggling yeah, Listerine. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> goggling. It yeah, sounds yeah. like right. Yeah. Uh, in 1950, baseball owners Lou Perini for the Braves, Bill Wrigley from the Cubs. Uh, Do it is again. Sounds is that like, like uh, they, is that like their um, what's that word they're doing? Uh, yoga. Is that yoga? No. 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 <laughs> Is that a mantra? Uh, no. Ellis, <laughs> I lost my whole thought here. Ellis Ryan of the Indians, Del Webb of the Yankees, they were all together to pick a new commissioner. Again, what the heck? 
Anybody just came on, I think you speak too close to your speaker. Maybe that's it. In 1953, the Dodgers signed Sandy Koufax. And history took place then. In 65, NBA rookie Rick Barry scores 57 points. A rookie in a loss to the Knicks. How about that? In 1968, Bobby Orr scores his first hat trick versus the Blackhawks. In 75... Kareem Abdul-Jabbar grabs a record 29 defensive rebounds in a game. Pretty good. Uh, in 77, the Boston Red Sox trade Fergie Jenkins. I forgot that he played for the uh, the Red Sox. He went to the Rangers, and that's how he went for a guy named John Poloni. I never heard of a baseball player named John Poloni, and they gave him cash, too. So... Fergie Jenkins. In 1980, New Orleans Saints end a 14-game losing streak. And who do you think they beat? Giants. Jets. It's Jets. <laughs> In 1982, the Kings, Marcel Dion becomes the Dion. ninth flight. Mm. Oh, he scored a lot. Yeah. Wow. yeah. becomes the ninth uh, hockey player to score 500 goals in a career. Here's a good one. 1985, UCLA beats American University one nothing in an eight in the eighth overtime period, the longest soccer match in the United States, and to capture the NCAA soccer title. Uh, in '88, CBS bids 1.1 billion dollars and earns exclusive rights to Major League Baseball from '90 90 to '94. I forgot that baseball. Was on CBS. Yeah, the first few, few years. Yeah, I did too. Yeah, yeah. In 88, on this day, Miami Heat finally win their first game ever, ever after losing 17 losses. And who do you think they beat? Not the Nick. Jets. Nick. <laughs> they beat the Clippers. They beat the, a few more I got here. Uh, in 1992, boxer Lennox Lewis. Great boxer is given the WBC title when Riddick Bowe refused to fight him. Mm -hmm. Anyone know the background of that story? I don't. Something pissed him off. I forgot. Probably over money. Let's see. In 1997, the Jets equal the NFL mark for the greatest turnaround in modern National Football League history. Uh, with a 31 to 0, let's see, a 31 to 0 win over Tampa Bay. They were 1 and 15 the year before, and this gave them their ninth win of the season. So they went from losers to like semi winners there. Uh, in 2002, Marvin Harrison breaks Herman Moore's 1995 record with 123 re- receptions in the season. Harrison reached 127 with two games left in the season and became the first player with 1,500 yards in consecutive seasons. I don't know what the record is now. They didn't keep that statistic too much. You don't see that, the number of receptions men have. They're like 40 to 140 to 150 sometimes. Cooper Cup, the short passes. In 2002, Michael Jordan scores a career low. Only two points in a game with the Washington Wizards. Oh. Uh, in 2000, uh, two more. In 2008, the Oakland Raiders 
become the first team to lose 11 games in six straight seasons. Mm. Wow. Okay. If it loses, and and more more uh, recently, Steph Curry in 2021, he passed Ray Allen. Mm-hmm. Those career three pointers made in history. Yes. Uh, Ray had 29.73, and uh, Curry went right by him. And who knows what Curry has right now? <laughs> As he's still going on, going strong. All right, sports stories by Larry, sponsored by a rope. A rope. What kind of rope? I have two stories this week. One on MLB pitching, my regular one, and, and then a follow-on on the Otani contract and related. Oh, okay. So the re- my regular story is entitled, There's Nothing Traditional About MLB Pitching. MLB pitching has changed a great deal over the years. Here are some of its key developments. Before 1893, there was no pitcher's mound but a three-foot by 12-foot box on flat ground that the pitcher had to stay within. There was no pitcher's rubber, a pitching rubber, and pitchers could throw the ball from a running start. Under these circumstances, pitchers were typically just 50 feet away from home plate. Also before 1893, the types of pitchers thrown were limited by today's standards. Curveballs and overhand pitchers were then illegal. On top of that, pitchers elected not to throw hard very often. As a result, it was not unusual for a pitcher to throw 400 innings in a season. In 1893, to create more offense in the game, MLB introduced the pitcher's mound, the pitching rubber, and the 60 and a half foot distance from the mound to home plate. The notion of specialized relief pitcher did not exist until 1920. Before then, if a starter did not have his best stuff or run out of gas, teams automatically turned to another starter to take over. The use of relief pitchers exploded in 1960 and took off from there. On December 3rd, 1967, again to create more offense, an an MLB rules panel got together and and voted to lower the mound from 15 inches to 10, shrinking the strike zone to the top of the knees to the armpit and to be extra vigilant about doc- doctored baseballs. By 1980, almost every team in baseball adopted a five-man pitching rotation. As a result, the 40-game starter is virtually extinct. Of course, in 2023, MLB introduced the pitch clock. Two side notes. First, as you know, Cy Young amassed a record 511 wins with a 2.63 ERA over his 1890-1911 career. He did this with a three-quarter sidearm motion, a motion that put less stress on his shoulder than throwing overhand. On top of that, Cy did not throw hard very often. Second, and finally, 
With the emergence of the home run in the 1920s, pitchers count availed by throwing fastballs much more frequently. Star fastball pitchers included Lefty Grove between 1926 and 1993, Sandy Koufax between 1957 and 1966, Nolan Ryan between 1971 and 1983, and Randy Johnson between 1991 and 2006. That completes my regular story for this week. All right. Who wants to comment on this? Anybody want to talk about the pitching? They're all mum. <laughs> all right, go on to the next one then. My special story is entitled Don't Be Fooled by MLB Headline Contract Numbers, especially Otani's. You often see newspaper articles cite the headline numbers of player contracts. With the complexity of today's contracts, this can be very misleading. Reportedly, the Major League Players Association knows better. It takes account of the time value of money and calculates the present value of these contracts. And that is what I do today. Otani's new contract reads like this. Two million per year <clears throat> for his 10 years of playing, 2024 through 2033 and $68 million per year for his 10 years of deferred payouts, 2034 through 2043, using a 4.5% interest rate, a rate referred to in the MLB Collective Bargaining Agreement. The present value of Otani's payout stream is only $362 million. So much for his $700 million headline contract number. The present value of Otani's contract is not that much higher than Mike Trout's. Using the 4.5% interest rate, Trout's 12-year contract of $35.5 million per year with no deferrals has a present value of $324 million. So much for his 426 million headline contract number. Otani's extraordinary deferrals was his idea to help the Dodgers minimize <clears throat> luxury taxes and leave room to bring on more talent, presumably a pitcher. Certainly he wants to win a World Series. Three side notes. First, using the same analysis, the present value of Judge's contract is $291 million and Harper's $246 million. Second, if Otani's contract was $35 million per year over 20 years, the present value would have risen uh, almost $100 million more or $455 million. And that would have dwarfed all other player contracts. Third and finally, Baruch College required course in mathematics and finance yeah. came in handy for me to compute yes. these present values. <laughs> right, right. That can right. Be my special story. Something at Queens equivalent. Yeah. Anybody else take that course? I took a similar course at Queens College, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I took it at, at, at Baruch downtown city. Okay, Mike. Yeah, one other addendum to uh, 
Larry's report, I understand that if certain uh, the general manager or another uh, uh, executive is uh, yeah. released from the Angel from the Dodgers, he can opt out to leave, which is pretty cool. I think I think it was the owner. If the owner, yeah, the and, owner, yeah. There's two but he opt out before on that uh, on that provision, Mike. What's that? He cannot opt out until year four. Right, right. Really? Oh, wow. I didn't hear that one. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like those guys are leaving so quickly. <laughs> leaving so quickly. Anybody else want to comment on that story? Mike? Yeah, let, let's go back into that present value calculation. I, I didn't get something you said, Larry. Uh, you said that if it had been extended, if those payments had been extended to 20 years at half the 68 million rate, the present value would have risen of the contract. But I can't see that. That doesn't, to me, that does not make sense. Well, don't forget, you would have the first 10 years, you would have 35 million. And whereas now it's 68 million. 68 million, right. It would be only 35 million, but the other 35 million would be extended off into the kind of far, far out space. And their well, present value would be virtually nothing. It, it believe me, it turns out to be four hundred fifty-five million if you do that, using the four and a half percent interest rate. Well, I mean, okay, but the implication is the further out you you move the money, the higher goes the present value, which is what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. it doesn't make that, sense to me. Well, the the, okay. the point is that you had the thirty-five million in the first ten years, but you don't have that in the in the in the, in the original contract. So you have to look at that as well. Okay, Wayne. Yeah, I'm. Uh... Uh, this these present values above my pay grade. I'm just an old country lawyer. Um, but anyway, I, I don't know if any, anyone remembers this, but uh, the Rangers had traded uh, Alex Rodriguez to the Red Sox, and John Henry was uh, had some problems with the finances. He wanted to redo the contract, kind of similar to what I understand Ohani is doing, and Major League Baseball killed the deal. Now I don't know. I don't remember the exact facts on. It. Maybe someone else might remember that. It, it wasn't Major League Baseball. It was the Players Association. Okay. Who, who, okay. Because they felt that, that Rodriguez was, was was taking less than what he should have taken or something like that. Yeah, too okay. much deferred money, I think they were concerned about. It was deferred money, I remembered. Wasn't it, Fred? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not sure of the whole details. I, mean, I don't remember either. I just remember that the but, deal was killed. Yeah, but the reason probably that Otani is taking so much deferred money, there was an article of paper that said, is outside money from out, you know non baseball revenue is fifty million a year. That's, That's right. correct. That's right. As well, fifty million but, a year. But don't need that money. I mean, right? He doesn't need right. money, but the, right. the salary cap. So he can afford. He's not counting on his salary. They're not two million a year, right? They're forty-three million a year or something like that. Right. Somewhere in there. I, I got now what you were saying, Larry. You meant. They start paying them thirty-five million right off the bat. Not that's right. After ten years, they would start paying them thirty-five million. So we're together. Okay. Evidently, a lot of ball players have a deferral in their contract. Sure, Max. The Washington's still paying Max Scherzer. Scherzer. But don't forget Bobby Bonilla. Bonilla. Bobby Bonilla still getting paid. Don't forget that Judge didn't have any deferred payments. Bryce Harper didn't have any. Right. Some and Mike Trout didn't have any. But there are a lot of deferrals out there. Anybody else want to comment on that? Oh, Joe, go ahead. 
So getting back to the A-Rod contract, right. and, and uh, this agrees with what one person mentioned. However, the Major League Baseball Players Association vetoed the deal because it called for a voluntary reduction in salary by Rodriguez. That's why that Red Sox contract was uh, negated, if you will. Okay. <laughs> it was a while ago. <laughs> we forgot. Yeah, a long while ago. And then it comes to the Yankees. Everybody's so happy. Uh-huh. All right. Thanks for those two stories. I'm sure we'll, we'll touch upon Otani down the line here. I'm sure there's more stories that will come out in the uh, stories that we have later on. Thank you for that. All right. The Roger Hot Wire Report, sponsored by, you remember LPs? Yeah, yep. Album, the RPM albums. Yeah, I got thousands of them. Yeah. <laughs> right, long Sponsoring you, ahead, the Raja Hot Wire. All right, I'll uh, defer Joe. Any there was a couple of Mets transactions and Yankees transactions, most mostly minor. Uh, Card- the Cardinals traded outfielder Tyler O'Neill to the Red Sox uh, for outfielder Nick Robertson and Victor Santos a couple years ago. I think O'Neill had a had a big season, like 34 home runs and stuff. I don't know if he's still the same guy, but Mike, you know, playing in Fenway Park, his numbers might uh, uh, zip up again. Um, I think Larry stole most of my thunder about Otani, but that's okay. Um, the uh, right, the uh, the the opt out. I think Gerald, you said after after the fourth season, he can potentially yes. eliminate the contract. Yeah. If this Mark Wal- Walter, who's the controlling owner, or Andrew Friedman, the president of baseball operations, all their names I wanted to say, right? Yeah, yeah, right. Well, I just followed up on that. Uh, they also had opened up a roster spot, the uh, the Dodgers. So they traded uh, two players to the Yankees, right? Right-handed reliever Victor Gonzalez and an infield prospect Jorbit Vivas, and the Yankees uh, gave them minor league shortstop Trey Sweeney. So it opened up a. A roster spot there. Dodgers also signed reliever Joe Kelly one year for $8 million. He's still bouncing around. Uh, The Brewers got pitcher Taylor Clark from the Royals for two prospects. Pitcher Ryan Brady and outfielder Cam Devaney. Uh, The Royals uh, got the uh, stole the Mets thunder there. Signed right-handed pitcher Seth Lugo. Three years, $45 million. Uh, He's 34 years old now, Lugo. 2023 with the Padres. He had a 357 ERA. One for two whip and uh, career best 140 strikeouts over 26 starts. So he was, he was pretty durable. Yeah. Uh, and the big one at Howie's not here for the Giants signing out the Korean outfielder, Jung Hoo Lee, six right. years, $113 million. So I know Howie seemed pretty excited about that. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I got for baseball, Mark. Okay. Uh, Fred, do you want to add? Roger, you forgot, you forgot to mention, I don't think you did. That the Kansas City Royals are now going to win the World Series next year. Oh, sorry, Brad. Sorry, I didn't want to steal your thunder on that. <laughs> Roger knows. What I'm Go ahead, Roger. You explain. Right. Will, Will Smith has uh, changed teams again. <laughs> he's, he's a catcher, I think. Right, he's now picked up by yeah. the Royals. So the Royals are the yeah. early favorite to win the World Series. There you go. <laughs> because he's been on the World World Series champion for three straight years. Great years, yeah. Funny, very funny. Gerald, <laughs> Roger, what is that? Posting fee for Yamamoto. When does that go into effect so that one of the teams can acquire him? When is that? January? It, it, 
January 4th is the deadline, Gerald. Over. It's over January 4th. It's the date. He has to sign by January 4th. Right. They have to negotiate a contract by January 4th. That's right. I think think in Tanya's case, the posting fee was $40 million. Peanuts. (laughs) Yeah. Times are changing. I, I don't see anything. Tyler O'Neill hitting 30 home runs a season. I don't know where you got that from. Uh, no. no, we did. It cost him 34 home runs a few years ago. I don't yeah. remember that. Yeah. yeah, look it up. He did. It's a monster there, Mark. All right. All right. Yeah, we'll see. Taking All right. Chance. Thanks, Roger. Um, if I don't come back to you for the football, let me know. Okay. <laughs> Just give me a <laughs> kick. That's usual. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, Michael, we're up to you. Uh, Jets and Yankees report. I hope you okay. you there, and you're sponsored by the number seven. I know you'd like that. Seven, right? My favorite ball player wore number seven. Anyway, in all my years of watching football, I've never seen a quarterback look so lousy as Zach Wilson, and all of a sudden he snaps out of it, and he wins the offensive uh, player of the uh, award, which just totally boggles my mind. So you sort of wonder about the coaching of uh, the Jets. And uh, I was asked by Mark to discuss uh, Mike D'Amato, who passed away uh, last week. And he was the Jets' defensive back and safety. And I Googled a, I Googled a little bit. And after being on the taxi squad for the season opener in Kansas City, we're talking about 1969, D'Amato was placed on the active roster and helped the Jets post an 11-3 record and win the AFC championship over the Oakland Raiders and upset the NFL champion Baltimore Colts in Super Bowl three. And I remember watching the uh, the Oakland Raider game uh, from Shea Stadium, and they put it on at midnight because it was blacked out in New York, and it was a cold, windy day, and uh, very, very exciting. Uh, D'Amato says he was with Joe Namath. Uh, they went out to eat in, in Miami. And they uh, encountered a sports writer who asked Joe, so who do you think is going to win? And Joe Namath said, we're going to win. I guarantee it. And that's a famous remark. And everybody had trepidations about it. But uh, not me, because I had a a friend who lost every bet he ever made. And he bet his lungs on the Baltimore Colts. (laughs) Right off the bat, I had a hunch that the Jets were going to win that. So anyway, when... uh, the Colts quarterback, Johnny Nagus, came in for Earl Morrow in that Super Bowl game. Uh, it sort of like gave the Colts a little lift, but D'Amato made a big uh, interception. He recovered a fumble or something like that, and he remembered he made a tackle. No, actually, he made a tackle and a punch, and it kind of broke the uh, Colts' momentum, and that was the beginning of the end for the Colts, and uh, the Jets went on to victory which legitimatized the entire merger of the AFL and the NFL, and it gave the merger credibility and the league credibility. And anyway, the motto went from uh, the uh, Jets, that was just one, one year, he played for the Montreal Alouettes in uh, the Canadian League, and he ended up working for a uh, leasing company, an automobile leasing company, but then he goes back to Hofstra, and he worked there for many years as the uh, vice president and vice president for development. And it was a job that he loved. And if anybody recall, the 1969 uh, season was incredible. And a lot of us used to go down to Hofstra and watch Joe Namath and everybody in person. And I just want to say one more thing before I go into the Yankees. 
Um, they did not get a parade and they did not get any type of accolades except, uh, you know, championship awards, except for a little bit of a ceremony at City Hall. And I remember so vividly from going from uh, left to right, there was Joe, there was uh, Mayor Lindsay, Joe Namath, Mario Procaccino, Weeview Bank, Frank Smith, who was the Speaker of the House, and on the right, far Same right, was John Sample. And right there, standing right there at the right beneath the podium, was Michael Finer, and it was uh, <laughs> one of my most favorite pictures. And uh, that was the, uh, it was a great, a great era for New York sports because, if you recall, the Mets and the Knicks. I think they both got parades. Yeah, not, not not the poor uh, uh, that team. It was, it was kind of sad. But with the Yankees, <laughs> I was looking. I was looking over here. The uh, the lineup for twenty twenty four is 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 great. You know what can I tell you? The uh, the potential lineup for twenty twenty four. I see right here. You have Verdugo, Judge, Soto. Gleyber Torres, Anthony Rizzo, excuse me, uh, LeMahieu, Austin Wells, and uh, Volpe. How could you go wrong with that? And you have the pitching staff that uh, hopefully will include Yamamoto. Uh, I think we're leaning towards that. I hope that happens. But that with Cole and Nestor is getting all better. And you have to wonder about Rodon and Montez. And uh, there's something else. Up the Yankees' sleeves, and they're, they're not done. And they're also going to be playing with a real pissed-off state this upcoming year. And I really uh, have a lot of hope for them to at least make the playoffs and even go pretty far. So uh, there's hope for the Yankees. And, uh, you know, I hate to rush my life away, but I cannot wait for the season to start. And I already have tickets for the Yankees in Jupiter when I go to Florida. I can't wait to see that. And uh, that's Probably my that's all I can think of. That's totally my report. And I, I thank you. Anybody want to comment there, Wayne? Yeah, Mike Michael might know the story because he's a Jet fan. It's a Joe Namath story. Uh, I think uh, Dave Sher knows, and so does uh, Jerry Schwartz. Uh, Sonny Sonny Werblin was not a football man. He was a he was a marketing guy. Uh, Joe Namath uh, got hurt in his last year at Alabama. He uh, tore up a knee. Anyway, Werblin drafted him anyway because he he realized that he can market uh, Joe Namath in New York. So anyway, they had the uh, they had their big press conference at Jack Dempsey's in New York, and uh, in uh, at the conference also was their their uh, sir uh, James Nicholas was their surgeon. So uh, he says to uh, Namath, Joe, we got to check your knee out, uh, and names okay. Uh, I'll, I'll, let me call the office. I'll make an appointment. And Nicholas says, no, no, let's go in the bathroom. I will we'll check it right now. So he goes into the bathroom. Namus pulls out his pants to look at his knee. Nicholas is on his knees. Some guy walks into the bathroom <laughs> and runs right out. Mm. <laughs> you got to admit those are great years, you know, with, yeah. with Namath and Sarah Fawcett and uh, Granula Knudsen with the Take It Off commercials. And the CC Ryder uh, movie with Anne Margaret, and it was it was just incredible. It was a lot of fun. And then he hooks up with Mickey Mantle of all play, all, all people, and he has a company Mantle Men and Name of Girls and Bachelors Three. You can go on and on and on. 
I mean, it was like for New York sports. What can I tell you? It was it was unbelievable. The sports, it was a good year, not for the mm. world. Yeah, who um mm. who did who the NFL who who drafted the Cardinals? The Cardinals. The Cardinals. Yeah. 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 If you yeah. sign with the Cardinals, it be you wouldn't be talking like this. Mike, don't you Mike, don't you think that because Namath was instrumental in the merger, that's why he's in the uh, Hall of Fame? Well, yeah, you could say that almost because he only really had one or two good seasons. He, he wasn't he wasn't a great statistic quarterback no, at all. No, no but he, he did so much for the sport and so much for the world and so much for the marketing. You know, marketing in the NFL to this very day is very, very important. And I think that's one of the reasons why the NFL is the wealthiest sports league in the entire world. And Joe Namath certainly had a lot to do with it. You know, and in that regard, uh, I think there are other athletes you can think of off the top of our head uh, as far as great marketing, and that's why they're in the Hall of Fame. But certainly, Joe Namath, when you put it all together, he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. But not Mike his stats. Lu- Mike Lupica said that if, if Namath is in the Hall of Fame, Eli Manning certainly should walk right in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Different, right. vote, different voters, though, you know. Yeah. Right. Well, he changed the whole thing with the show credibility for the AF. Uh, AFL, I guess. Right. But uh, I would. I wonder what would happen. Seriously, if if he would have signed with the Cardinals, and there'd be no Jets, and there'd be no big upset, they probably wouldn't even be competing. That's right. That's why. That's why in uh, in Jewish is the word beshert, meaning there might not even have been. There might not even been a merger. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah, the year that he won, even if it wasn't the Jets, he said the Chiefs and the Raiders were better than any of the NFL teams also. He said it wasn't just the Jets. There were two or three, four other teams that could beat yeah, yeah. the NFLs. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Well, remember the yeah. Chiefs and the Raiders, they lost badly the first two Super Bowls. Yeah. The Green Bay. Yeah. But then the following year oh. after the Jets, the, the Chiefs won again. The Chiefs came back. They killed the Vikings. They killed yeah, the Vikings. Yeah. Yeah. Let's continue. Okay, thank you uh, for that info. And we're going to move to uh, Met Moments by Joe from New Jersey. By the way, you're sponsored by, you ready? An empty soda can. <laughs> I'm going to get the soda in it. It's empty, but I'll take the tab. That's a, that, that's a, very, apt, uh, a very apt image for the Mets. They've done absolutely nothing so far. Agree. I guess Agree. you have to. I guess you have to hope that still waters run deep because so far they've done nothing, and mm-hmm. it looks like they're not the top team for Yamamoto. So if they don't right. get Yamamoto, I don't know what yep. Plan B is. Maybe Tyler don't Glass. Seem to have one. Blake Snell. Yeah. Yeah. No, right. it, Snell probably. also, but Snell <laughs> Snell's an in and out pitcher. You know, he's not a consistent uh, winner. So no, Joe, you, you mentioned Glass Snow, but I saw in today's yeah. paper that. Dodgers are in serious talks with the, yeah, I know. With the Tampa Bay. I know. Right, right. I know. So, I mean, they made the Mets have made a number of signings of people that I have never heard of, and mostly yeah, not right. even for the major leagues. And the only right. thing that happened is that they lost Mauricio yeah. probably yeah. for most yeah. of the season. That so, help. so it looks as if it looks as if Beatty no major, is going to be given a chance. Bring back back. They may. They may. Gerald's <laughs> getting upset. Don't go there, Larry. Yeah, no, so, no, no, I don't. Uh, I don't have much pressure. To say. I mean, nothing. There's, there's absolutely nothing happening. So I'm hoping there's something going on under the surface, but right now, yeah. nothing. Dead, nothing. Yeah. No, nothing that's. Nothing that's. Look very encouraging the, for 2024. Uh, the, the direction of the team. 
You know, with this, with this uh, um, Otani and the deferring the money, can't a lot of teams do that now? I mean, like make it. Can't a lot they of teams could theoretically, go, but, if, but if, how if many player players, agrees how to many it. players do you think are going to do that? Agreed. I heard I read somewhere that Otani makes about fifty million dollars right. a year in endorsement, yes. non baseball revenue. Right, right, yeah. right, so right. very few, very few players are on that are on that level. So, yeah. do you think we'll be alive when his contract is over? <laughs> Hope so. <laughs> so sure. that. That it's hard to say. I think the op I think the opt out that he has is just uh, is wild. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, since you brought up Otani, I did some quick calculations. Um his uh, deferred salary is equivalent to about forty five million dollars a year for ten years. I'm just wondering what that forty five million is is that used for anything? Basically yeah, it's used cap. for the salary cap. Salary yeah. cap? Yes. Okay. It's the luxury tax. There's no salary cap in baseball. All right, you're right. Yeah, it's the luxury tax. The luxury tax. Somehow it read in the paper they figured out that the lug that his contract luxury tax is forty six million. Yes. I don't yes. I'm not sure how they arrived at that, but well it's uh, they here's how they arrived. Forty six million is they the take, present value they take the last, years. It's equivalent to what he they has. They take the last year's value and they do the pre, uh, they do the present value and they get them with forty six oh, million. Right. Now that the the luxury tax that applies to that value doesn't kick in until the 11th to 20th uh, 20th year. They oh. don't pay the luxury tax in the first 10 years. That's why he did it in the first place. Oh, all right. Yeah, yeah. So now the team could go buy some more players. That's exactly yeah. Yamamoto. Yeah. yeah. They're after right, Yamamoto, right. too? After Yamamoto, sure. Yeah, by the way, is there a Mrs. Otani? No, he's got a no. girlfriend. I saw a picture of her today. Okay. I, I, to be that girlfriend. can't be right, Larry. That yeah, be it doesn't right. sound right. You're saying that it won't count against uh, in no, I thought it, I thought it counts this year, forty six million. I think you're wrong on that. Otherwise, I thought it said this year was forty six million. Yeah, exactly right. It does, it, Otherwise, you're the saying they'll pay tax, the luxury, million, according to the eleventh year, and they're only going to value it at forty five million. That's not time, according guys. to the agreement, the the uh, MLB agreement. You pay the 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 uh, the luxury tax when you have uh, when you go over it. That in the first ten years he doesn't go over it. If that's why he did no. it. No, but the Dodgers overall payroll. Overall, it's that, not one person. That, it's a whole that team. Forty-six million toward the Dodgers overall no, they, payroll. They they, 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 they have violated the the threshold. All right. So many years in a row now. All right. All right, we should move on. Stop worrying about economics and yeah. let's talk about the games on the field. economic situation and and Otani's Benson Freeman uh, are getting big ballots too by them. Yeah. Okay. Anybody else want to comment there, Joe? You oh Wayne, you got something? To say? Yeah, Joe. Uh, yesterday was the anniversary of the trade that uh, Ken Griffey Jr. Uh, to the Mets uh, decided he didn't want to play for the Mets. It was a trade that was. Uh, uh, Pat Gillick was the GM of the Seattle Mariners. They oh, traded yeah. it was Ken Griffey Jr. for Roger Cedeno, I mean Armando Benitez and Dotel. And Griffey said he doesn't want to doesn't want to play for New York. They then yeah, traded yeah. Griffey to the to Cincinnati. But right. ten days later, well, his, Steve dad, Phillips, his dad was there. Ten days later, Steve Phillips makes a trade of Mike Hampton 
and uh, Derek Bell from Houston, and they go on to the World Series against the Yankees. Mm -hmm. Then the year after, yeah, right, Mike Hampton right. says, I don't want to, the schools are better in Colorado yeah, right, than right. New York. Went to Colorado, yeah. So the it Mets didn't get a, yeah. a, a compensatory pick. It turns out to be David Wright. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. He stunk in Colorado, by the way. Good research. Good research. That's right. Hampton yeah. never, uh, never, never. Uh, yesterday, was, yesterday was also the 16th anniversary of the Mitchell Report. Oh my God! Of, yeah. of which somehow buried somewhere in my house, I have a copy of because because my son was was there for the whole press conference and I released it. Wow! wow. Somewhere wow. it's buried. I should auction. I should auction that off. Yeah, right. Somebody will buy it. Yeah. You know that. Yeah, maybe I'll find. I got. Well, All right, Fred, while you're talking, let's go on to the All right. Yes, All right. Well, right. Go away. Who are you sponsored? You're sponsored by the Ampersand. Okay. <laughs> okay. And well, well, to, to quote a baseball announcer, let, let, let's go on to the to the happy recap of Monday night's game. Yeah. With Bob Murphy. Bob Murphy. What a, what a game. The Giants. Finally. Giants won a game. And I, I've been telling you for the last few weeks, I know they're not in the playoffs yet. They're but still they're long. getting closer. You're making me a believer, teams. Fred. They still got a lot of teams to to overcome. But a lot of teams are six and seven. But but I think maybe when you look at your TV screen, maybe now on the right hand side they always have a column in the hunt. Maybe right. we deserve to be in the hunt. Of course, you got to add the Chicago right. Bears in the hunt. Also, same record because they're also right. five and eight. Right. But Brad, remember what Moses once did. Yeah, but now the Giants this week need help and. I am hoping that Sam Howell has the game of his life when the when the Commanders go out to Los Angeles to play the Rams, and and also we'll have to root for the Philadelphia Eagles, assuming the Giants can beat the Saints. If the Giants yeah, don't beat the Saints; it doesn't really matter. That's going to be that's but, easy. But this week, Tommy DeVito proved he, at least for one game, is an NFL quarterback. You know, I mean. There may be a shelf life to all this. I don't know. You know, mm. there, there have been, you know, if you remember 10 years ago in another sport, there was Lynn Sanity. Mm -hmm. yeah. And, oh, then, yeah. you know, lasted only a little while. But as, lo as long as it's going, let's stay on the bandwagon. I mean, he, did play, a very good, he did play a very good game. They they used his passes were on the, were on the mark. We're coined a phrase. You're on the mark. One day, Robinson looked really good. Back from a year, year um, after his knee surgery, defense was was really good. We finally saw a sighting from uh, Ojolari after who's been stuck with injuries. Their first round draft choice, Banks had 12 tackles. They played a good game. And I mean, frankly, after Barkley fumbled and they scored, minute 43, said, "Well, at least they only need a field goal now." And they. And they did everything right on that I last on that last yep. second oh, drive. Even that Barkley uh, fumble. So we can we can we we ride we we ride the wave for another week. That's Fred. Fred is forgetting one thing. You yeah. also should add that his father is doing commercials. Yeah, I heard that today for for Peerless Boil Boilers. Thank you. I, I heard that on on Fan today. <laughs> I, I recommend Peerless Boy Boilers. They're the, they're the best. General He's Gerald. a plumber, yeah. yeah he's got his own plumbing, he, heating. In, in, in Gerald wants to say something. Yeah. Cedar Grove. You know, you know, I remember Tommy DeVito at Syracuse. And right. I didn't think he was that good. 
I mean, you know, yeah. he got benched a couple of years. You know, he was, you know, I never thought of him as an NFL quarterback. And he's what still getting paid. Is he getting paid uh, for being on the uh, the taxi squad? No, no, he's on no. the regular roster now. He's on. He's cut. on the. He's on the regular roster. I mean, I mean, it's a great story now. I mean, on on the on the extreme greatness, it will turn out to be like Kurt Warner. On the other one, will have a great story for as long as it lasts. Yeah, we'll have to yeah. see. And we'll see if there's a quarterback controversy next next year. With, uh, yeah, yeah. Let's with, just see how far that goes. Uh, Gerald, go ahead. Yeah, hands up. Fred, how many rushing yards did DeVito have Monday night? 71. Wow. <laughs> how many did Barkley have? I, I don't I don't remember how many Barkley had. I didn't see the statistic, but he had some he he had a couple of big runs, so he was up there too. Yeah. But but now they're going into uh New Orleans. They're going to New Orleans. The Dome. They're, they're, they are six-point underdogs, if anybody you know, cares mm-hmm. about that. Mm-hmm. The Saints, I think, from what I've been reading, I think their quarterback car is somewhat banged up. That you know, we'll have to see. You know, we'll see. Watch the game. That's why they the play. The, 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 the Giants and Jets, unfortunately, are on the, are on the same time this week. I know. One o'clock. That's not fair. Well, well. You don't have two TVs next to each other. Let's Even that, or I'll, well, I'm gonna, I got to be out for a little while. I'm not going to be home till like two o'clock, so I'm going to DVR one of the games. Yeah. Giants, of course. Yeah. yeah. I DVR both, and I go back and forth. The team that's winning, I continue to watch. Yeah. Well, you can actually do if you if you do what you do, you can actually do what they call you know last channel and see most of the games. I'm pretty good. But I've done that. Hey, red zone. Red zone will tell you what's happening if they're playing. Yeah, I know. Yeah, they yeah, I know you that. like the red zone, but, you, but if I just hit like on the remote last channel, I can go back and forth between the yeah, two of them. Yeah. All right, let's move. Right, on. Thank you for that. Okay. Yeah. All right, Mark, Mike. Say, there's one, one very thing. very annoying thing about that game on what's Monday. That? They kept on doing split screens. I hated that. I said to my son, "Who cares about Miami?" Thank and, you. And, and I said, if they won't let them show that to the rest of the country, but in New York and Green Bay, they should not have done that. But they that, did it. That was, that yeah, was yeah, absolutely yeah. horrible. Right. I they did it during the spectacular plays going on, also. Yeah. yeah. I, I hated that. I, I, I was so incensed by that. You're, you're absolutely right. <laughs> okay. Let's let me let's really on. angry. I, let I agree us move on. Okay. Keep it like that. Yeah. Mike, your DC and surroundings report. You know, you're sponsored by. I really love them. Jelly donuts. Mm. Jelly donuts. Oh. Jelly donuts. Yeah, I kind of like those. Hanukkah. Hanukkah. Mm. Donuts. Yes. night has started. Yeah. All right. Well, yep. uh, today I'll spend a little time uh, in just a minute or two on the colleges because I've been asked about that a couple of times. So I took a look. Uh, but the big bombshell here is the proposed move of the Wizards and the Capitals to Northern Virginia. There was a, a press conference yesterday. The owner, Leonsis, uh, was there, and the governor uh, of v- Virginia was there, and they made kind of jointly made this announcement that a non-binding agreement has been reached to put the team into Alexandria, which is just kind of south here in Virginia, just mm-hmm. south of where the city would be, in, a, in an area that they have kind of marked for redevelopment. The city is in kind of outraged. Uh, the mayor is uh, very unhappy being criticized from all sides. You, you were too late. You, you didn't uh, take it seriously. You took them for granted. On and on. The mayor is defending herself. 
-hmm. we came through with a huge offer. Uh, you, you know, we made it very attractive for them to stay, et cetera. Well, again, uh, it's a proposed move. It is not binding. Uh, that was publicly announced. On the other hand, as, uh, as the governor uh, said, we made a non-binding agreement to bring uh, Amazon's East Coast headquarters to mm -hmm. our area, and that's where they are now. So that one went through, even though the agreement was non-binding uh, in the you know initially. That was thanks to New York City politicians, right? Stole that's that's exactly right. right. Well, yeah, yep. same everywhere. Should have been in Long Island. City. Damn right. Well, uh, so why is it so attractive to put them into uh, Virginia? Well, I mean, it probably, of course, it's money, but it's because, uh, in a larger sense, because it's part of a proposed development of an area, a two billion dollar development that would include uh, uh, resurrection of uh, uh, offices and uh, condos and stores and so on to ma make it a real uh, kind of a uh, living uh, sort of area uh, instead of just sort of a wasted land. And so uh, if all that happens, uh, one can see Leonsis developing properties around it and other people developing properties around it. And the team's having a brand new arena, but it won't, even if it goes through, it would not occur till 2028. So they're in the district for 24, 25, 26, 27. And then if everything's on schedule, uh, they would move in 28. So that's where we are on that. But we have an editorial uh, comment coming from Larry Schwartz <laughs> on this very matter. Go ahead. The Capitol Center in Washington was financed entirely by a pollen, not a dime of DC subsidies. Here we have Ted Leonsis and his uh, partner, uh, Rubenstein, a billionaire, hat in hand for subsidies to, to, uh, uh, to, to establish it in Northern Virginia. I, I'm against those subsidies for billionaires. <laughs> Yeah, okay. If they move, they're going to keep their same name? Don't know. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of grumbling about the Wizards, the name Wizards. I think the Caps is fine. Mm -hmm. uh, I could see them considering a different uh, name once mm -hmm. they make the move. Yeah. Okay. So in, in, for, if the DC gets very bitter and says you can't use DC in the uh, title of your team and it has to be Virginia, mm -hmm. then I could see them changing even, well. even more reason to change. Well, it could be I mean, the Giants and Jets both use New York. They play yeah, in New I Jersey. Know, right. I know. And Dallas oh, uses Dallas. Is. And, you know, I, I, I realize all that. Look at this San Francisco 49ers right there. Yeah. Maybe 70 miles from yeah, Santa, Santa Clara. Clara I think is that what it is? 70 miles away? Yeah, yeah Santa Clara. Ooh. I think wow. it is. Or wow, well, 60 that. maybe. But anyway. That's well, a big state, so it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, uh, go ahead. The only, the only thing that... Oh, was there another comment? And Joe wanted yeah. to comment. Mike, is the uh, is the uh, proposed stadium on the metro line? Well, that's part of what has to be done. Yes, it is going to be near a metro station, but it's a very it's a small station, and part of the investment that has to be made here will be uh, expansion of that station. Yeah, makes uh, sense to to accommodate the kind of crowds that they would expect, there. as well yeah. as the roads. Yeah, roads. Yeah, walking. Yeah, no, it'll there'll be a lot involved in uh, bringing. Well, they're talking. Is about it near? Is it near Old Town? So I've been to Old Town. It's pretty yeah. nice. Well, yeah. it's in that kind of 
gen general mm -hmm. area, but not, not in the town. No, I think it's closer to the river, maybe a little mm -hmm. south of there. Is that um, near Crystal City? Well, no. again, I mean, they're all sort of there, mm -hmm. but this is this is an area that's undeveloped. So I'll have to look on the map to see precisely where it is relative to those two places. Right. I'll, I'll I'll do that, but not not today. It's, it's okay. the only other. News among professional uh, teams here uh, concerns the Caps, which have broken out of their scoring slump. They have scored four goals in each of the last three games, won two of those games, lost one in overtime. Uh, even so, they are the lowest scoring team in the NHL at the present time with 62 goals. Uh, nobody, is, nobody is lower than that. They're averaging about two and a half, but they are 14-8-3. and three on the season. So you can see they're getting good goaltending, pretty good defense most of the time. And they're doing all this without Ovechkin. Uh, he hasn't scored since the last time we got together. So uh, I don't know whether anything can be done much about that. All right, college basketball. So I checked out what's, what's happening with the three major teams that are in this area. Georgetown is six and four on the season under their new coach, oh. but you know, Georgetown, like the others, plays a lot of soft uh, teams in the early schedule. So I wouldn't attach much to the fact that they have a winning record yet. Uh, and the, the next game is against Notre Dame. There'll be an underdog in that game. So we'll see. Maryland is also six and four, playing in the Big Ten now, as you know. Uh, in, in recent years, the, the basketball team at Maryland that has been good is the women's team. They've been among the contenders for the national championship. This year, they're only eight and three. Uh, so they've, they're not quite as good as they've been. So Maryland at six and four has also played a lot of soft teams. So we'll see how things go. The team that's that's best uh, in, in college basketball in this area is UVA, right? University of Virginia, which is eight and one. Their one loss was to Wisconsin. Uh, I think it was there, that is, in, either in a tournament or at Wisconsin. They are, as they usually are, a very uh, tight defensive team. They are second in the nation right now in average points per game allowed. Only Houston, which is actually under 50 points a game, is ahead of them in that. You have to, you have to kind of follow this fellow, Dick Bennett, who is their coach. He's been, he's been a defensive maven anywhere that he has coached and he's been excellent for years. And when they have contended uh, for national championships or in the higher ranks, it is because he's got players who can, who can kind of scheme that he designs for them. So they, I think have some future this year. They're still developing. They have a lot of new players, but they look like they're going to be strong. And that's my report. Anybody want to uh, add to that? Anybody? Mike, go. I want to say that the Capitals did a number on my Rangers. and yes, uh, Saturday night. Right? Yeah. And uh, I'm kind of wondering, because when Shesterkin was injured, Jonathan Quick played like uh, he used to when he was an uh, all-star, and you kind of wonder whether whether it's in Shesterkin's mind, because he's playing a very mediocre stretch of hockey lately. And uh, I don't know, because the Rangers were, and I guess they still are, the best team in hockey. But all of a sudden, they're slipping a little bit. So the whole the whole team they're playing mediocre, except for lately, except for Sunday night when Quick was up against the Kings, and, and, it, and I think the Rangers, I think the players subconsciously tried a little lot lot harder because they they know he wanted to beat his old team. Yeah, yeah, he was great again. 
but the, but then they reverted last night. They were terrible. Right. Or well, two he, nights ago. Two nights ago, they lost seven to three. Right. He's thirty-eight, right, Fred? Yeah, thirty-eight. Yeah. He, he played a great game Sunday. Yeah. Mike, Mike, I've got I've got dual allegiance. My my daughter went to Duke. My granddaughter is a freshman at Maryland, and thankfully that Maryland went to the Big Ten. I would have had problems if they stayed in the ACC. Uh, so, uh, and Mike, the, the Islanders are creeping up on the on the Rangers too. Yeah, yeah. And Jack Hughes is playing like the best player in hockey on the Devils. I know. I I, I watched a game last night. I heard the Duke, the Duke quarterback went to uh, Notre Dame. Went to Notre Dame. He transferred over. Yeah. Yeah. Who's, yeah. Oh, the, oh, yeah, right. Uh, Ryan, Ryan Leonard. Leonard. Yeah. yeah. Good for him. <laughs> All right. Anything else, Mike? Well, that's no, it. That's it for now. That's it. All right. So let us continue. A couple of quickies here. Uh, we talked last week, or maybe we didn't talk last week, that Jim Leyland got into the uh, Hall of Fame by the Contemporary Committee. Yeah. Uh, we didn't talk about Lou Pinella losing by one mm. vote. Mm. One vote short. Now, this committee doesn't meet every year. I don't think they do every year. So, you know, you know, you know, I didn't realize it. Till I think I read a column by somebody that Lou Pinello apparently is very ill. I'm sure if he had a stroke, a couple other things. You know, he, he's over 80 years old. Did not hear about yeah. you anything. Up. You know, he yeah. had a restaurant in New Jersey called Winners. If anybody in the Woodbridge Mall used to go there. Really? Yeah. Well, this Juan, this Juan Soto coming to the Yankees, as we talked about before. Now, uh, I think they, they were asking him in the press conference, uh, do you think you could be here beyond the one year? Yeah, yeah. He refused to say anything. Yeah, yeah, Just talk, yeah. they, he said, he said they you know, know who to talk to. Yeah, yeah. 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 Especially what Otani got, you know. Uh... Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's a good thing in a way because – Soto will be playing on the Yankees in his walk year. So he's going to have a lot of motivation to yeah. make the big bucks. So, uh, you know, uh, the Yankee fans should just enjoy the year and hope for the best. Yeah, yeah. that's right. He, he, he just wants to relax, just go out there and play baseball. Yeah. The other things will take care of itself. Yeah. So in baseball, there was a de- – Vic D'Avolio died. Remember Vic D'Avolio? Yeah. 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 They didn't know his real age. I said he's either 84 or 87. 87, yeah. What was his lifetime batting average? Was it like in the 320s or something like that? No, I don't think, I don't think he had a lifetime. To- Two, 279 was yeah. his lifetime average. He had a couple average. of good years. But- Only 36 homers, 329 RBIs, 125 steals. A different type of game back then, of yeah. course. He won a World Series with the Pirates in 71 and the A's right. 73. He right. spent 16 years in the yeah. big leagues. Cleveland, California, St. Louis, Pittsburgh, Oakland, and the Dodgers. He had a good career. And a good career. First Venezuelan to win a gold glove. Uh, he died in Caracas after an emergency surgery due to intestinal obstruction and yeah. renal in- insufficiencies. So wow. he, had a, he had a brother. I didn't realize. I forgot he had a brother who was a really? little bit older than him, uh, whose first name was Pompeo. They called him yeah. Yo-Yo. Yo-Yo Tavolio. Played in the major leagues? Played in the major leagues. One year, 1953. As a matter of fact, one month he played in the league. He got a 293 with zero home runs. Uh, 
But he mad this this yo yo Davalio played was a minor league minor league manager for the Washington Senators who died in 2013. But, but didn't Vic start out as a pitcher? I think I read that he started out as a pitcher when he first started oh. playing uh, professional ball. But growing up, we we always saw Vic Davalio coming to yeah. Yeah. like that, leading off and playing wherever center field he played. Yeah. Uh, in football, the, the week that just passed, of course we talked Jets, of course we talked the Giants, but how about that three nothing game that the Vikings? <laughs> would they beat? They beat the uh, Raiders. Vegas. Three nothing. Raiders. Rogers. Rogers. Did you watch that game at all? Thankfully, I did not it, watch. It. it wasn't on in New York. Thankfully, no. thankfully. First what, three nothing game since two thousand seven. What could the Red Zone have shown? Third in the last 40 years. And they was on Red Zone. And yeah. the uh, seventh ever in the Super Bowl era. Mm. You, you know what else, Mark, about that game? Yeah. I think I saw in the paper that said, if it would have wound up 0-0, it would have been the first time since 1943 that a game was 0-0 in regulation. Wow. Yeah, somebody wow. scored wow. very late. Years. Unbelievable. Hey, the, yeah. Raiders, the Raiders are on tonight against the Chargers. Yeah. yeah. Big battle. Aiden O'Connell versus Easton Stick. Yeah. Well, I'll pass it Quarterback and their best wide receiver. And more, yeah. more backups. <laughs> so, one of my favorite kickers, Robbie Gould, retired after 18 years. Yeah. He was spot on, you know? He was good. For a long time. He was good. Time. How about the NFL playing to play a regular game in 2024 in Brazil? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, I say Sao, Sao Paulo, uh, Sao Paulo. Well, that's uh, a long flight. A long flight, yeah. but they want they want to introduce. You know, that's what their job is to introduce uh, football all over the world. Marketing. Marketing. <laughs> yeah, Super Bowl twenty twenty seven, which is the sixtieth anniversary of Super Bowl, is going to be in SoFi Stadium. Mm. So, so he's got a few of them. They're only there. The, the stadium's only up a couple of years, and they're getting two Super Bowls already, right? It's working. Location, location, location. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's true. Then you guys watched the Army Navy game last weekend. Anybody? I, I, I saw the fourth quarter. Oh, I like the way it ended. I saw the yeah. fourth quarter. Wait. Yeah, typical game. Very little scoring, very yeah. little passing. But the big thing is they stopped Navy in the final minutes with a goal line stand, and, and that was good. Uh, I'm Mark, not... do you remember? Do you remember growing up? The big game of the year was the Army Navy game. Yep, Raleigh oh, Stitchway against uh, Roger Starbuck. Remember Raleigh Stitchway? Yeah. Joe Bellino, remember Joe, Joe Bellino wins the Heisman. There, there, there was a show on a couple of weeks ago. I taped this on the CBS Sports Network that about the Army Navy game of 1963 because there was a lot of discussion of whether it should be played because of the President's assassination yeah. and his. Right. And he was very devoted to that game, being a Navy man. It was a very good documentary. If you ever see it again on the, on the CBS Sports Network, you should, you should watch it. Uh, Jaden Daniels wins the Heisman. Have any of you guys watched him play at all this year? They say he was the top quarterback. Uh, I think I saw him in the first game a little bit when they played Florida State. Yeah, again, you don't see this. Uh, he led the nation with four, over 4,000 yards passing, 50 TDs. Uh, first quarterback to throw for 12,000 yards in a career and rush for 3,000 in a career. 
Three seasons at Arizona State and two with LSU. <laughs> By the way, you know who his coach was at Arizona State? Who, who? The ex-Jet coach, Herman Edwards. How about oh, that? Yeah. How about that? Herman Edwards. How about that? Yeah. So another death in football, Frank Wycheck. Yeah. Oh, him. 50, only 52 years old. A yeah. tight end for the Tennessee yeah. uh, Titans. He fell inside his home, hit his head, and died. He uh, must have had a pretty yeah. bad concussion. Yeah, several Seven years in Washington. In the pros. Uh, he was picked up by the Wash by Houston, Houston Oilers. Three-time Pro Bowler. And he was known for the Music City Miracle. Right. The lateral. This, the lateral with 16 yeah. seconds left in the AFL uh AFC wildcard game in 2000. I guess a pass was thrown to him, and he threw a lateral that went for a TV, TD, and the team won. Won the game. And eventually, Titans made it all the way to the Super Bowl, their only Mm -hmm. time ever. And they lost, I believe, to the Rams. Rams, right. They tackled at the goal line. 2000. How about the Tony lateral game? That was also interesting. Well, what do you think about that? It's uh, he was definitely off sides. You have to call it. Yeah. But they say I, they don't call that a lot. No, but the coach afterwards said that he was wrong, that he should have asked the referee, am I lined up okay? Told him, they told him to ask the referee. Right. He came to the line. You're not going to ask him every play. No, but on that particular play, because they knew they were going to do they knew they were going to do a that I think they that Kel, that maybe that play was planned and that that they told Kelsey whoever attached the ball, but let's see if we can lateral. Maybe maybe it was some kind of planned play. I don't know. I didn't. I don't see. think so. I don't know. What what, what, what a perfect like perfect spiral that Kelsey threw to him. Yeah, <laughs> just, you know what I thought, about, yeah. you know what I thought that, uh, about that play? Yeah. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is probably the smartest and sharpest and best player in football, and Tony is probably the dumbest and the stupidest player. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. All right. Well, that question. happens, you know. I, I was rooting for the Chiefs, too, and uh, what have you. Okay. Yeah, I have a question. Go ahead. So the, critics, the critics of the referees on that play said you should. He, they should have warned Tony the first time. And then if he did it again, of course, they had to they would have had to call a penalty. But I, my question for you is, do do referees tr- just routinely do that? Do no, I don't think so. Do warn players? No. Hey, you can't keep no, doing I, I don't that? think it's I don't think it's their responsibility. No, no I agree with not. that. But I thought maybe this is a more common phenomenon that I was aware of. They said they usually warn them. They, 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 by the way, that guy's offsides. I, I don't understand why they didn't call the don't call it all the time. Roger. Oh, yeah, they're saying that, the, you know, Tony should have checked in with the referee and I guess got the impression that this is something they do periodically, the, the players, right. The, but know, they the don't do it. They don't do it to be offsides. Am I onside? Am I offside? You know, I, I mean, don't play when they check in, like an offensive lineman checks in with the referee and says, I'm an eligible receiver. Yeah. You, you always hear that. The referee says number 66 is an eligible receiver. Right. You know? right. Yeah, he's a right. That's a different. That's a different rule. Yeah. But, yes. but I mean, guys hold on just about every play. Do the referees go up to right. these guys and say, you got to stop doing that? 
You would think they do that before. Yeah, I think they do. I do they? they do. Okay. Well, that's I what I'm asking. I think they do. I think they do. But um, maybe because this one went for the touchdown. Yeah. If it didn't go for a touchdown, then maybe they just let it go. I don't know. And they throw the flag and they pick the flag up. They don't count it. Would have been would have been good for the Jets if Kansas City would have won. I mean, it, Jets like the Giants still have a little bit of hope. Yeah, right. Let's talk basketball, Fred. Wait for pro well, basketball. Well, the, the big story in the NBA this week is not so much the Knicks. I don't know if you saw. I actually saw this live. The punch by Draymond Green. Yeah. yeah. I was I happened to be watching that game, and and he says I wasn't. Well, I, I didn't mean to do it. The other guy was holding my hip and I was just trying to swing away. But it was it was yeah. it was crystal clear that uh, there was some it looked like there was some intent there. And the and the warrior Ben you notice none none of the warrior players or the coach, you know, um they were too stunned or whatever, but they, they no nobody argued the ejection. <laughs> but one thing one thing they said on the broadcast, I didn't know. They said for it to be called the flagrant two and ejection, and all three referees have to have to agree. I didn't realize that, but he so he's suspended indefinitely. Yeah, yeah. Have to see what's wrong with that. Yeah. And the New York teams, both New York teams, are out west, and the Nets had a very good game last night. Beat Phoenix, and Phoenix's big three played together for the fir- very first time this season. So. I couldn't help but chuckling that they hit hit their big three is playing together for the first time, and that was the whole problem with the Nets when they had their quote unquote big three with Durant, Harden, and um, what's his name, Irving. How little they played together, but the Nets came back in the third, fourth quarter, played a very good game, and the, the Nets are a very interesting team. They're they're an exciting team to to watch. They're they're actually a lot of fun team to watch, also. And they're a very enjoyable team tonight. Tonight, the Nets are playing a back-to-back. After a tough game last night, they get to play in Denver tonight. So, <laughs> see. That's a tough game. Yeah. They did lose Monday night to Sacramento, but they're one-on-one on this road trip. The Knicks blew a perfectly winnable game last night where they played a team that was 7-16. and 16. I know it's on their home court, and I know it's high altitude in Utah, but there was still no excuse for being outscored 17 to nothing in the part of the game, which – was the key to the game, and the Knicks wind up losing by four points. I agree. And, and, now, and now they have some tough games ahead. They're playing yeah, Phoenix yeah. Friday night, Golden State, sat, um, I think Saturday, and then they then they play the, the, the Lakers the Lakers, and the Clippers, I think, on this road trip. The Knicks have a very tough schedule, and they come back. They're actually playing the Bucks on Saturday before Christmas in the afternoon, and then they're playing the Bucks at home on Christmas Day, back-to-back Ooh. games against the Bucks. Very tough schedule. Then they might even go three and seven and two and eight. Of course, they did lose Mitchell Robinson for t- for two months, and that's going to be a big blow. He was really good, but you know, on non basketball, non playing side, have you guys heard about Mitchell Robinson? What he did with his high school coach? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, I mean that's really a great story that he is is you know, but his coach, his wife passing away, and he said, "You got to come. You know, you know, you have no ties down to Louisiana. Come up and live with me and." Just, just, I think I really showed him. You know, he, that he's a really good guy. I, I, I was very, very, actually very touched by that story. And college, Saint John, local level, Saint John's lost the winnable game the other night against Boston College. They're six and three. 
They got 11 new guys in the roster with Patino as the head coach. They, they have to learn to play defense. And the, the, their interior defense is terrible. Guys were driving th- right through the lane. They have one more game against Fordham before they start playing the Big East. Um, I, right right yeah, now, the coach I, not I had to say, I had, they're a middle-of-the-road Big oh. East team right now. That's, that's, that's it. all I got about basketball. Anybody else has anything? I got a few. Go ahead there, Mike. Go. Yeah. Uh, on the radio, though, I was speaking about all these players who have been around for a while, like uh, the two medal-time pitchers who came over there and Durant and everything like that. And they were talking about the Knicks. How do you think it would be if the uh, Knicks end up with Steph Curry? Would that be a good thing or a bad thing? Or would it end up like all of these other Aaron Rodgers on, on the Jets? Or do you think it'll end up? Uh, no, I, I don't think. Happen. First of all, I don't think Steph Curry's going to come to New York. No. Nope. And, I, and I think he's probably on the downside of his career. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And maybe they do need a star, but I, but I don't think they need a star in his late 30s. I think they need a – if they get somebody who's in the prime of their career. Yeah. Joe? Joe? No, I was going to think they, and also they, they, they need a, uh, I think they need a forward more than they need a guard. Yeah. I, just, I think they're pretty set with Brunson and everybody, but I think they could use a, they could use a, a, a forward to make up for top Toppin. Yeah. It, it seems, to, it seemed to be working for a few games of moving yeah. Grimes out of, out of the yeah. um, uh, starting lineup and into the, um, in, 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 into the second unit. He's getting more yeah. touches and seems to yeah. be, a little more confidence. Yeah, I, w- I would just say last night was, uh, you know, they uh, after the first quarter when Randall was really hot, they kept him yeah. out for quite a bit of the uh, second quarter. Yeah. It was one of the ways that uh, Utah came back into the game and got some confidence. And also Utah was just shooting lights out. Yeah, they <laughs> and were. The Knicks, Knicks couldn't hit anything, and they if they had just made enough free throws, they would have won the game. Well, Utah's best player, Laurie Mockett, he – was his first yeah. game back after three weeks. He, he's a really yeah. good player. He and and yeah. Sexton did him yeah. in, and then the Knicks did miss two makeable three point shots at the, yes. in the last yes. thirty seconds they of the were, game. Uh, they, there was one of those games, and it yeah. happens to them too often. They they have they, they don't have one guy who's a lights out three point shooter. No, they don't. That's the one. Uh, that's the one shortcoming. But Brett, tell gonna... tell the Gianna story with his sixty four points last yeah. night and the ball. I don't. I just was thinking points. I heard something about he wanted the game ball and the Pacers wouldn't give it to him. I don't know. I just sorry. Supposedly he 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 broke the all time uh, team record. Yeah, sixty four. His points. personal high. He broke Michael Red's fifty seven. He scored sixty four. So when the game was over, he wanted the game ball, but it was nowhere to be found. It seems it, it was he ran to the, the the Pacers locker room. I want that ball. There was a heated discussion. Supposedly. <laughs> The Pacers gave the ball to one of their guys, Oscar. I can't pronounce his last name. Oh, 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 Tish, Tishabi, Tishawi, oh, uh, Tishwebe. You see, he was the of the year. He scored his yeah. first points in the in the NBA yeah, he, ever. He was on the G League. He was Player of the Year a couple of years ago. Yeah, Kentucky. yeah. So, but meanwhile, there there were a couple of game balls. <laughs> he yeah. won that one. So there was a little heated uh, discussion as far as that goes, but that was so sixty-four points. Yeah, and one more basketball note: the Lakers did win the in-season tournament. Yeah, and and that is controversy. People are saying, you know, they they want to raise a banner for that. <laughs> well, you know, somebody <laughs> said the Lakers in-season I mean, tournament. You know, you know some, somebody said the Lakers if they don't, you know, they have so many banners they don't need to. But if the mm-hmm. Indiana Pacers would have won, 
Well, outside of the old ABA, they didn't have too many banners. You can... I know, I know. But it was the yeah. first tournament. Who knows how many years they're going to be doing this. The Chicago Bills are going to uh, have their first ever, I'm surprised, Ring of Honor class. I never knew no, that. First ever. I saw, I saw that too. That surprised me also. Michael that Jordan, Scotty Pippen, one. Dennis Rodman, Phil Jackson, yeah. all the biggies. Jerry Krause, Otis Gilmore, Jerry Sloan. Was Bob was Bob Love in there? Bob too? Love. He should be. Yeah. Chet should be. Walker. Chet Walker, yeah. Johnny Red Kerr, Tex Winter, right. Dick Klein. Never heard of him. Uh, they plan to add someone every two years. I think he was—he may have been the original owner. I think. In the uh, WNBA, uh, the Indiana Fever, for you people who keep track, oh, yeah. uh, the lottery, they won the first pick. First pick, Caitlin Clark. Going to be Caitlin Clark, without a doubt. And Bronny James, LeBron's son, yeah. his yeah. debut for USC. Yeah. Uh, and he scored four points, three rebounds, two assists with his father watching. But they showed our video. You know, they had the national anthem before yeah. the game. Everyone's standing up. And now LeBron is walking in with whoever he came with, walking in during the national not national anthem. Ooh. So they, they picked up on that on that uh, one. Yeah. yeah. Uh what else do we have? Another minute or two. I got a couple of golf. Uh, PGA has suspended John Rahm because he signed with Liv. <laughs> the Liv Tour. He signed with the Liv Tour. I don't want to do anything with PGA. Well, you, you're suspended from PGA. Mm. They gave him a lot of money. A lot of money in yeah. Liv. Uh, Hall of Fame tennis play, ex-tennis player Chris Everett. Going to miss the Australian yeah. as announced. Yeah. As cancer has yeah. returned and she's uh, stopped her treatment, just cancer of the pelvis. Oh, you I heard. Yeah. And uh, the Belmont Stakes for 2024 is going to be moved from Belmont Park mm -hmm. to Saratoga yeah. Racetrack due to construction going on at Belmont. Uh, there's $450 million renovations yeah. at Belmont. Yeah. With uh, a new oh. grandstand they're doing. And, uh, so it's, meanwhile, the uh, the Belmont is known for a mile and a half. The track is shorter at uh, Saratoga. Mile and a quarter, yeah. Mile and a quarter. Okay, that's all I have for you people. So why don't we do trivia for about ten minutes? <clears throat> so okay, who's got questions for us? And Milton is going to do a closing song. So don't lose right. that closing song. But don't do it yet. No, I got a question. Go ahead, Milton. <laughs> I got a question. Ken. Who's the first rookie pitcher to win twenty games? I think I got it. Wally Bob Grimm. Bob Grimm. Yes, sir. Nineteen fifty-four. Wow. Bob Bob Grimm. Grimm. Good. And good, one good. other question. Yeah. In the in in that era between fifty-three fifty-four, you had Jerry Coleman, Rizzuto, McDougald, everybody playing. Anybody know their uh, utility shortstop that played? Is he wore number twenty? The Maestri. A lot of years. no. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Show the Maestri. WM. W.M. Willie Miranda. Miranda. Yes, Willie sir. Miranda. Willie Miranda. And one other question in that era. The Yankee games in 54 were on Fox and Wins, and the announcer was Red Barber, Mel Allen, and who was the third announcer? Jim Woods. Jim Woods Jim is Woods. correct. You got it. You got Thank it. You. Terrific. You know, you know right. how I know Jim Woods? 
Wow. He once sat behind me on the Long Island Railroad when I was talking to him. <laughs> okay, Wayne, give a question, Wayne. Okay, there are four players, football players, who won both the Heisman Trophy and were the MVPs in the Super Bowl. Hmm. Good question. Marcus Allen. That's one. OJ? No. Jim Plunkett? Two. Good. Very good. You plunked it out. Plunked it out. <laughs> the Raiders. <laughs> another another quarterback. Give initials because I don't think we know. R.S. Roger Starback. Roger Starback. And the last one is D.H. Uh, he was a receiver, I think. D.H. No. He a plays the University of Michigan. Oh. Howard. Desmond Howard. That's what he was. And it turns out Marcus Allen was the only player in history to win the Heisman Trophy, MVP of the Super Bowl, and was on the national championship college team with USC. Mm. Wow. Hall of Fame? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's in. He's in. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, all right. Michael. Mike. Okay. If anybody gets this, you could be the uh, on the mark sports talk uh, player of the week. Uh <laughs> Why? Why at one time was Joe Joe Torre, uh have a nickname of Chicken? <laughs> Do you like to eat chicken parmesan? You're you're on the right track. Go ahead. Really? Right chicken before every game. No. More than Wade Bugs. <laughs> no. His mother what made I... him fry chicken. No. Nope. Uh... You ready? When he was a catcher, he was reluctant to go after towards the. Uh, Towards the wall when the high pop up was hit. So they called him Chicken Cacciatore. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, wait. I thought his <laughs> nickname was Cacciatore. Didn't they call him Clueless Joe for a while? Well, that's yeah, for a different reason. That's when he was a Met manager, I think. Right. Yeah. My friend, go ahead. Your question. Hey, football question. Since 1950, who is the only quarterback to play in a game and have zero turnovers? Zero sacks, rush for 70 yards, and complete 80% of his passes. DeVito. Right. Makes sense. My God. All right. Who's the all time leading scorer, basketball, all time leading scorer for these teams? There's a few of them. Celtics leading scorer. All time. Havlicek. Havlicek. Very good. Knicks. Gary. Gary. Patrick Ewing. Patrick Ewing is correct. Ewing. 76ers. It's not Chamberlain. Al Greer. Al Greer is correct. Oh, the, the Bulls. The Bulls. Michael Jordan. The Cavaliers. LeBron. 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 The yeah. Pistons. Isaiah Thomas. Isaiah Thomas. Oh. Very good. The Pacers. Somebody's easy. George McGinnis. Reggie, uh, whatever he is. Reggie Miller. Reggie Miller. The yeah, Hawks. Yeah. Dominique Wilkins. Pettis. Dominique Wilkins. The Heat. The Dwayne Bucks. Wade. Dwayne Wade. And wow. the Bucks. Kareem was not a Jabbar. It wasn't there that long. Yeah. It's Giannis. Giannis. Oh. Wow. Yep. All-time leading scorer. Wow. Who else has a question? Fred. Fred? Okay. Another football. Who are the only three players in NFL history? To have the following career in their careers 50 
50 rushing touchdowns and 25 receiving touchdowns, at least. There are only three. At least. Mm-hmm. Rushing and receiving. Uh, 50 geez, rushing, to play for 25 receiving. For the Rams. Marshall Falk? Falk? That's one. Yeah, Marshall Falk. Really? That's, yes. that's who I was yes. trying to think of. Good guess. One is still active. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Oh, McCaffrey? And, and I'll take who? McCaffrey? McCaffrey. Yeah. And, and uh, the other hint is the third guy is is a player that McCaffrey was was linked to this season, an old time player. Because McCaffrey tied his record. Oh, Lenny Moore. Right, Lenny Moore. Yeah. There you go. We got it. Pretty good. Pretty good. Anybody else? <clears throat> who was the first Puerto Rican? <laughs> <laughs> to reach 400 home runs. Cepeda? C. Puerto Rico? Oh, I didn't know. Not, not Tony Perez. Dominican, we don't call Give your initials. J.G. Juan Gonzalez. Juan Gonzalez oh, is correct. John. Right. When he said That's JG. really good. You got that. When he said J.G. Michael. All right. Who was the Jets radio announcer when they played in the Super Bowl? <laughs> Merle Harmon. Merle Harmon. Good. Well, how'd you know that? Wow. I, I, you know how I knew that? Because I missed the Super Bowl. I was working at the New York Public Library that day and trying to listen to the game on radio. Wow. And what, all right. <laughs> well, that's dedication. All right. All right. This is also uh, in those days. What did Merle Harmon say when – when Wahoo McDaniel made a great play. Wahoo! Wow. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> what did he say? He get, guess who? Wahoo! Guess who? Wahoo! <laughs> Didn't he become yeah. a wrestler? Yeah. Really? Pretty good one, too. I remember Chief. That. Chief Wahoo. Like Chief Bigheart. Chief Chief J. Strongbow, right? I remember. Yeah. Yeah. Which, which, which three letters... Of the yeah. alphabet are not used in any NBA teams. Like the team X. Like Knicks. X. Q. X. Which three Q. letters? Q. X. X. Q. X. Z. Z. No, there's Blazers. Blazers. Oh, yeah. Blazers. <laughs> One more. D. V. V. No, there's a V somewhere. Vikings. Right. But this is no, a, M- NBA. 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 No. But there is a V. Somewhere. Okay, wait. It's no. Y. I don't want to belabor it. Oh, All right. Anyway, New York Knickerbockers. Mark, how did you get to look that one up? Yeah. I I, I have I have good reference. Yeah, why is no I, I have agree. A lot of people behind me who are my feet is <laughs> you think I know all this? Yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, one I'm more question, then we gotta say goodbye. Then Michael. Michael. So one more question. All right, Michael, one more song. All right. In Super Bowl one, from opposite ends of the stadium, who started walking towards each other and at right in the middle of the field, looked each other right in the eye and started to play their horn? <laughs> their horn? How hard? One is the uh was the band leader on the show. Doc Severinsen. Oh, Doc Severinsen. Yeah. And the other one is a oh. big fat guy with a beard. Al oh, Hurt. Oh, Al Hurt. Yeah. Oh. <clears throat> Very good. All right. 
Good show today, oh, guys. Do Milton's going to close out the show in about two seconds. We got to sing a battery bike. Thanks, guys, for showing up. See you next week. 190 next week. Let's have a party. We'll all dance over. Gather around the table. Give you a treat. Dreidels to play with the lockers to eat. While we are dancing, the candles are burning low. One for each night, these shadows we light to remind us of days long ago. Now I gotta go light the Hanukkah lights. Yeah. Yep. All right, guys. Yeah. Take, Take care, guys. Take care, plus the shamus, nine candles. Good night, everybody. Maccabees. Oh, the Maccabees. Oh, he loves the Maccabees. Mm -hmm. He has okay. the album. <laughs> All right. See you guys. Be good. Bye bye. All right, you guys. Take care, everyone.